Are you in a mild zone? Are you in a cold zone? Are you in a hot zone? Are you in a warm zone? Are you in the zone? Are you in the garden zone? Because today we're going to talk about all about zones right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, as we learn to grow and grow for change. Let the battle royale begin. Today is the day that everybody has been waiting for. Let's get ready to rumble. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the most frustrating thing I think in all of gardening in history is zones. It's totally not. But and I was trying to think back because this is like six months ago when we did this the first time and it didn't make the cut. I don't even remember why we got so, you know, uptight at each other about it. I don't know, but it was... (laughs) It was um, an interesting experience. Yeah, so It wasn't really it. each other. It was just like, it's so damn confusing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So planning zones are very important. Yeah. Also right? known as hardiness zones. See, mm-hmm. there we go. Mm-hmm. Hardiness zones. Wait, did I say it right or is it both ways? I think it's both ways. And I think that this ties back into the gardening terms episode we did. I think that's last week. Uh, Right. So, yeah. Hardiness zones. I'm going to pull up the map. Okay. So I can look at it because this shit makes me mad. I just keep on thinking about um, how much gardening I did before I knew these things existed. And there's a small part of me that's like, are you better off for it? Hmm. So, you know what's funny? What's that? You know what's funny? I go to the... um, So, the official website for the zones is planthardiness.ars.usda.gov. Uh-huh. Okay. Again, one of those that you would never want to click on because it's a stupid looking link. Anyways, I go to it and it won't let me go to it. It's like... You're not in the safe zone. Get yep. out of the safety zone. So, yeah. Get it's it zone. Uh, unsecure, <laughs> right? <laughs> the government is unsecure. Okay, no, no. This isn't another it's political okay. episode. <laughs> it, yeah, well, we can get there later. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, real quick, seed giveaway has been completed. Thank you, everybody, for entering. The uh, winner has been contacted. So, thank you again. And... Stay tuned for another one soon. We want to keep you guys growing, so. Congratulations. So, to be clear. I thought it should have been me. <laughs> you think you should have won? No, oh, no, it's just, they're not many you know opportunities to use that You want that me to tell song? everybody something that's messed up? What's that? Batavia has not even entered to win her own giveaways. How messed up is that? Listen. I want to save my opportunities for, to win something for it to be something else. 
you know. Yeah, well, the you're controller, disqualified, so. Yeah, the controller of the seeds, the one that actually is packaging them up and shipping them, you'd think that perhaps I'd open the mail one day and there'd be a surprise. So I think I'm kind of leaning on that more so than anything, oh. but you know. You know. Check. <laughs> so, okay, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, yeah, you know that there has been some contention about my zone that I'm in. Okay. And that's because I have misspoken in the past, which mm-hmm. is what kind of spurred all of this along. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there is in 2012, they redid the zone map, the yep. plant hardiness zone map for the United States. And this is where this came from because I did not realize that they changed it. And the reason why it was so when we did it before and it, for some reason it didn't make the cut is when we started looking at the zone map there were things different that we didn't think should have been different mm-hmm. so it's been a very it's it's very tricky what is it you is know? it 1996 some years before so the most recent kind of iteration of this is 2012 right so yes. there's a version of it and in some places you'll catch them referring to both so in some version prior yes. to that there was a slight change, right? So one of the Chicago gardeners that, um, you know, I secretly crush on, my garden boyfriend who doesn't know I exist, right? So <laughs> he often refers to in Chicago, and, and it's it feels like he's in Chicago. He's not one of those folks that's in a suburb and claim Chicago. Shame on you all. Um, but he's in Chicago, and he refers to, I believe, Zone 5B, And if you do a couple of searches around the interweb, I can enter my zip code, which is a place of, you know, how you can identify your hardiness zone, your planting zone. Um, And I can end up in 5B according to that previous version of the map. right? Right. You know, so, yeah, I mean. So I'm I can't, you know, I'm trying not to do it. Damn it. Just stupid. USDA and it's like you're one click away from the dark web mad. when you start clicking around. This is where we got like all excited about it last time. Yeah, this is what kind of set us off mm-hmm. on it. So it's making me mad because I'm like, I try to do it on my phone because I'm not trying to mess up like the command station here so yeah, we can yeah, keep recording. Yeah. So I'm like, I just got to go in. I got to go deep. <laughs> so I go in here and then I'm doing the um, on the computer. I'm trying to look at it and then I go and it still won't let me to the damn website for the USDA. So I had the I'm same problem there. on my phone, just so you know, it was flagged yeah. as a potential harmful site. Um, yeah. There is another, just so your record, it's plants.usda.gov slash hardiness, where you can actually see the map, but don't click on any more links inside. Cause that's when it takes you to the, po- the po- poison zone. Right. Well, so I want to look at it because in your zone, in your area in particular, you have a little microclimate. In Illinois, you mean? In Chicago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, so if you look at it, I mean, it's like Chicago is the only one that's in this zone, which looks like it is. Um, you're six, actually in six A and six B. No, yeah. I mean, I think it depends on where you're searching and who I actually, which I don't want to jump the gun here, but when it comes to first and last frost dates, which we'll talk about a bit more, it it, again, depends on which, which search engine you end up using. Right. Well, let's, let's, um, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Let's just open up with that then. Cause you know, we, let's get the good stuff out and then we can get the crazy bullshit in later. The good times rolling. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, we can let the get the good times rolling. So plant, you know, you need to know when to plant. Mm-hmm. Right? You In need the most to know ideal when your, scenario, yes. <laughs> yes. And you need to know when your frost date is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's many ways to look up your frost date. And one of them, you just you can just simply Google when, you know, whatever city you live in frost dates Mm -hmm. the farmer's almanac has it you know like for my particular area i don't have an individual listing but a lot of places will give you an individual listing online yeah and then you can go look at it and then it'll give you the percentages that we talked about before Mm -hmm. so what planting zones are is it is the minimum temperature that you your area can get to Mm -hmm. the extreme minimum temperature as okay. communicated in 2012, based on uh, previous, previous data from probably a, a dozen years or so, right? I think it's a hundred years. Mm, maybe okay. Well, just let's just keep it at a hundred mm-hmm. years. I don't I don't know the facts. Um, I don't know. So, anyways, you go back, and then so that creates your zones, and then <clears throat> so that's where the contention here comes, and especially in Batavia's beautiful garden mind she gets upset with me because she's like you're in zone 8a and look here now you can't tell me because it doesn't even get cold there and then if we go down here and i'm using the gilmore.com website they make great sprinklers not affiliated with them yet but you know and clearly we are in 8a on to their on their website but they don't have okay, so their wet their map sucks because it doesn't tell me minimum temperatures. See, listen, before you get too far off into a sucky website, I'd like to uh, I like a rebuttal opportunity here. Please, because please. that whole like first the voice is way off. Uh, no, it's sec- my iteration of your voice. Yeah. Second, although my voice in my head is very different than how I actually sound, yeah. but anywho. <laughs> You are skipping to where I'm at now when it comes to this battle of of ours. And there's only a battle because of your lack of acknowledgement that we were talking for six months about you being in zone six, seven A, which means that if I'm in zone six B like Batavia, we're just theoretically it's 10 degrees like it's a zones go from 10 degrees to 10 degrees to 10 degrees so we are much closer in the struggle right now in my mind in our conversations if i'm in 6b like batavia and you're in 7a and so then you hit me mid-summer like the struggle is yours and yours alone sis you know (laughs) (laughs) no because it says 8a is 10 to 15 degrees 7a is 0 to 5 degrees so it's only really, you know, f- let's split the difference and say seven degrees difference. Are you going to acknowledge the reason why I put that voice on when you continue to talk about 8A yeah. and not acknowledge it? Yeah. But is this what the moment I'm telling that you're going you to acknowledge is, it and then perhaps we can move on? I acknowledge it. Correct. I acknowledge it. And then I also acknowledge the fact that you have zone envy very badly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In general, in the gate, I have zone envy, but I didn't know I was going to be envious of you because you were basically in zone 7A. So here we are. No, hold on. Now, why was I wrong is because I did not realize that when I started gardening that they changed the planting zones. And here we are. Yeah. So this is where it all stemmed from. So if you could look up a historical planting zone. Mm hmm. 
You're so you you are like my boyfriend from Chicago that doesn't know I exist. My garden boyfriend, where you exist, you're probably though. using the previous version of it, right? No, no. Mm-hmm. I looked it up one time and never looked it up again. Ah, uh, okay, okay. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So arborday.org has these hardiness zones that have changed. Um, they have an animation of them, which I don't care about the animation, but. They have it very well. Yeah. So before the last portion of it, I was barely in the eight zone. Mm-hmm. I was in like right on the cusp of like seven to eight. So it can go either way. But mm-hmm. I guess global warming has changed things. I don't know. So it's, but it's the longest, the long and short of it is you need to figure out what zone you're in because when you look up hardiness for plants, it'll tell you that certain plants are perennial and up to certain zone Mm -hmm. and some plants won't even grow in a zone. Yeah. Right. And I think it's really important for some of the, um, you know, like your higher zones where the weather is a bit more warm, more consistently. Mm -hmm. Um, it's important to know, but it isn't as crucial, right. You know, um, because I could really, and when I joke about the years I garden without knowing it, am I better off now that I know it? I am right. You know, so the idea of knowing what zone I'm in, especially with me trying to get into three seasoning gardening is really critical, right? That's when it becomes important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't think it's as important if you're going to be going like a summer garden. Yeah. You know, it gets warm and then it gets cold as shit and mm-hmm. you know it's going to die. Mm-hmm. But if you're starting to try and push the limits and grow certain fruits and grow certain flowers and stuff like that, it's very important to know. Yeah. So let me give a real world example again, using my third time garden boyfriend who doesn't know I exist. Um, we need to make him know. <clears throat> well, you know, sometimes it's OK to, to just, you know, watch him. I'm going to hook him up. Yeah. Well, you know what? But what if he isn't like all that I dream of in my garden mind? Not Truth. to mention he has a whole wife, you know, like a real life wife, you know. So oh, I think he probably should record. stay virtual, imaginary <laughs> boyfriend, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so I'm pretty sure he referred to zone 5B in all of his videos and his conversations. Right. And it's, um, I'm looking at the USDA plant hardiness zone map and it's referencing minimum temperatures from 76, 1976 to 2005. Right. You know, and this is the 2012 readings that we're talking about, right. Last time it was updated. Um, so in five B it can get as low as let's see, negative, uh, 15 to negative 10. Now, I believe I'm in zone 6B. So now, remember, I'm watching his videos. I'm like, oh, he's wonderful. And that's his zone. My zone 6B, as in Batavia, can get from negative 5 to 0, right, degrees Fahrenheit. That's a significant difference, right? And the reality is we could be neighbors. Gosh, wouldn't it be cool if we were neighbors? That is exactly what we were saying last time Mm -hmm. before we had to throw it. It didn't work out. But so I'm looking, I'm actually looking at the 1990 map Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you are in five B five a line. And that's where, and a video or two, he actually referenced it. He was, that's the reason he was looking at the 1990 map and basically referencing that. So the reality is 
whatever number we assign to it, he and I are probably likely closer in zone, if not the same zone that I know. Right. Right. So that's important to know that because, you know, you've got all of this stuff going on and I'm about to have a damn video. This is not working out the way I wanted to. Well, okay. what he plants... The command center is about to blow up. Okay. <laughs> tick, 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 tick. Yeah. So he was one of the, again, using him as an example, he was one of the first people that I saw in Chicago, mm-hmm. right, that was growing, that had plants planted into the garden. I'm using my words, choosing my words very carefully, into November, December, right? Right. And so I'm looking and saying, oh my gosh, if he can do it. But imagine if we were really in two different zones, right? Yeah. You know, um, luckily in that example, he basically gets colder than I do, which means he can tolerate more, right? If I'm looking at him growing kale, you know, on January 1st, um, but it could be the flip of it. And one of the things that I think is really important more so than before when it comes to these hardiness zones, planting zones, is because there's a lot of virtual um gardening communities right so in a previous episode i I mentioned you know i'm seeing posts in january that say get your seeds ready and it's like well it depends on where you are you know um and so while i garden for years and didn't know about hardiness zones i kind of knew what i can grow in my summer garden no harm no foul right but as i now take a step and expand my garden and or i am now sharing information and garden joy with people that are in at one point i didn't know but in different zones they're in different areas you know whether it's in the u.s or in a different country and weather matters i guess is the bottom line of it it does matter Mm -hmm. it makes a big difference Mm -hmm. And so I just, and um, if you go to backyardgardenstv.com and the learn to grow section, there is a link to get to, um, there's a little map for yeah. the planting zones and it'll take you there to where it's safe to go. Yeah. So I've yeah. linked it to the correct because I just was going through and there's a lot of them, they're all directly linked. So it's like, can't go. It's not safe. It's not yeah. safe. But yeah. it is, it's very important to know. And it's like, I have probably the opposite issue of you where there's some stuff like that I want to grow that if I grow it here, it won't grow well here because it's too warm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's bulbs and stuff that yeah. just specifically, they just won't do good here, which means I would have to pull them up yeah. and refrigerate them or something oh, because it doesn't pain, get cool, yeah. cool enough here. Or the other thing is, is it gets too warm here. So I'm like right on the cusp line mm-hmm. where a lot of places are like, Oh, it's too warm. It won't, some stuff won't flourish as well here too. So I have that issue. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that I've just intuitively got, right. You know, when it goes back to the idea of social media gardening and, um, you know, this virtual garden community, um, it didn't occur to me until I saw someone in Florida talking about in July, how they couldn't grow tomatoes, right. It's too hot. Um, and so, in my mind, while I never lived in Florida, I do know that there is it's not the same bit of hot all year long. Right. So at some point they do start planting tomatoes closer to the fall, as far as I can tell. But that's a good example of understanding one, your air quote hardiness zone. Um, and I'm sure they do get frost. Understanding those pieces and you know what would be a killer resource in this instance? Using Florida as the example, 
the local extension service for Florida. Cause I bet on that website, they have the, you can plant tomatoes in your garden without burning them up starting this date, you know? Well, yeah, you just take the right precautions mm-hmm. uh, too. You could probably grow them year round if you took the right precautions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, did, I, I took would, the right steps. I would say, um, you know, I'm always, there's a pause there, but I would say generally, yes, but it's the, how many precautions do you want to take to grow insert tomato? Well, that's totally different, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but a little bit of, Shade protection and stuff can make a big, big, big difference. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, and actually, you know, Wait, what would be is co- it, cool. If it's not here nor there, is it over somewhere? It's over else? there. Okay. All right. It's over there. It's not I'm here. No, sure. it's not here nor there. So it's over yonder. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, if, if you're listening and you live in Florida, and I know that you live in Florida and you listen, comment wherever you're listening. Is, I'd be interested to hear... If you can and do grow tomatoes in July. Yeah. You know, but, um, but see, that's very important. So the misconception is you're in zone eight. It never gets cold. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're in zone nine. It never gets cold, Mm -hmm. you know, and then on the opposite spectrum, you're in zone five. It never gets warm. Mm -hmm. And that's not what this is saying. It's so important to realize it's your minimum temperature. Your extreme minimum temperature. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and I, have you been below what your zone says? Uh, not yet. No, but I'm saying in, your, in the past. Oh, have yeah, you ever yeah, been yeah. below it? Yeah, I've been, yeah, I mean, on a really like, you know, record breaking day. Um, I really feel like, I'll be quite honest, I feel like, how many times, garden boyfriend, take a drink? I feel like that 5B for a zone around that time was about accurate. I can remember days where it's, you know, 10 degrees below zero, right? Multiple days across the winter. In the last, you know, I don't know, six, seven, eight years, I think it is more accurate where I'm currently sitting at zone 6B, right? Where it's negative five to zero um, degrees. So, I mean, I, I think that that's, it's important in another view because we use cold and warm and hot just as general terms, right? So we know the body gets cold, right? The body is yeah. hot, the body is warm. But in addition to knowing what that plant hardiness zone is or that garden zone is, I think probably how we mostly refer to it as shorthand. Mm-hmm. It also helps you understand how long you're going to have whatever weather we're talking about, how long it's going to be cold, how long it's going to be warm, how long it's going oh, to be Oh, I don't hot. believe that at all. You don't? No. Oh, it all. Oh, so it, it's the connection. They're sisters and brothers. Plant hardening in this zone tie back to last frost date, expected frost date and first expected frost date, which ties back into the length of a period of time for warmth, hot or cold. Does it though? I say it does. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with that at all. Okay, why not? I because I think that there's. I'm looking at the map here. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have just have a, a blow up portion, and it's like a stupid scrolling thing. I had to pull it down to my actual computer screen so I could expand it. I think I'm at like 228 percent for the view of it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so what you're saying? Say that again, because I, I gotta process it. Sure. So I believe that. Like if you're building a, uh, you know, a toolkit of information that's going to help you. So we have the hardiness zone, garden zone that I'm in. 
-hmm. think once I get that piece of information that also whether or not I just search for last and first average frost date, it ties into it. And most importantly, in the part I think you disagreed with is all of those pieces connect to how long I'm going to have that super cold weather or that warm weather or that hot weather. And that's really the crux of I can plant a tomato, but how long does it take for it to get to production? Right. Right. You know, so if I'm planting, let's say for that person in Florida, that's going to come back and say, but Tavia, you're wrong. I do plant tomatoes in July. Right. Right. Let's go back to, I believe they plant them later in the year, but they could run into a colder spell that isn't good for tomatoes either. What do we talk about? 50 degrees and below. They don't perform as you'd want. Right. Right. So length of time for that particular temperature, I think it's important. I guess did I give you enough time to basically convince yourself that I'm right there? No, Mm -hmm. I'm not totally sold. Um, What is your frost dates? Uh, April the 18th for last frost date, expected frost date, and October the 29th for uh, first expected frost date. And what zone are you in? 6B like Batavia. Okay. I generally Um, say just for, you know, shits and giggles, I generally say six zone six when I'm like communicating online and all that. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that's the thing is, and they break it up into A and B Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And, you know, and I feel like if you're in A, you could teeter on B and if you're in B, you could teeter on A. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's a fine line. Um, Are you building a case against me in my zone? No, no, not at all. (laughs) Why would I do something crazy like that? I don't know. We've been on like this is four minutes of me saying a thing you contesting it and you not coming back with details as to why you're right and I'm wrong so I know you're uncomfortable no I'm not uncomfortable at all I'm just looking (laughs) it up because for me I feel like you know right now in my opinion I'm having the coldest part of my winter Mm -hmm. right but I've had years where my coldest part of my winter is in February, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, late February or something. And I feel like it fluctuates and I don't really think something just tells me that it's not really, it doesn't, there's not a correlation to it like that. You know, it doesn't really. I don't think there's a hard line and I don't think that every January I experience the exact same highs and lows for temperatures. I'm not saying that, but in Chicago and zone six B, like Batavia, I'm not going to get a 70 degree day, right? Um, And although we've had warm Junes, well past my last frost date, which is tied to temperature, right? Um, We've had 50 degree days. So I'm not saying it's kind of a hard and fast, like once you get past this point or for this zone, you're guaranteed this many days of hot weather. I'm not saying that. Right. I'm just saying a general period of time. I feel like, between based on my zone between june and september you know maybe mid-june mid-september i'm in my warm to hot part of the year that's my point so i'm gonna go ahead and just uh, yeah i know you you're not gonna believe this Mm. but i'm going to go ahead and just say you're correct because I'm not finding enough stuff to really corroborate. Because I've never looked it up. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. after you know, just doing a quick search, it's like 
there's no information on it. Yeah. And so at that point, it would just be me like making up some bullshit, yeah. some, some boo-boo. I do and have I'm another resource, out there. though, that I won't let you look up while we're on here. And I've mentioned this guy before. Um, and it is, I think the quick search is, and it may come up because I've searched for it so often. If you Google past weather, insert city name, I'm doing past weather Chicago, it brings up this time and date.com site. And it, I love oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That site basically looks back a number of years, maybe not 20 or 30 or 40, but you can look at the map, not the map, but you can look at a timeline, um, the actual temperatures for both the high and the low. And so if you if you are interested in that information, you can find out how many air quote warm days did I have last year, the year before that, the year before that. So if you want to dig, you know, there's some data, which is a part of. I think part of the rage when we did this episode last year, the unaired version of it, it's the same thing we've talked about when it comes to, you know, web searcher beware. You know, it depends on where you search. It is. And, you know, and the thing is, is, is so when you look at like a seed packet mm-hmm. and they have that little map on the back, mm-hmm. first of all, that map sucks. I love it. I, I love it and I hate it because it, you know, where I am and, you know, where you are, it's probably fairly easy to tell mm-hmm. because, you know, it's like, you know, for me, I'm one, if you go any farther, it's the ocean. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, there's nowhere in between, but if you live somewhere that there wasn't like a defining part of like, like boundary, mm-hmm. it could be hard to tell where you are. On are you scenes. basically and, saying that you, you need to know the shape of your state? I'm confused. I'm not tracking. No, mm-hmm. I'm just saying that like the lines, the way the lines run on them and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's, I mean, the damn map is, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like this big, it's as big as your eyeball, yeah, you know, yeah, or at least yeah. mine, I got little thin eyes. So, <laughs> you know, you can't see it and then you're looking at it and it's based off the plant zones, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. basically yeah. Yeah. within reason. Right. Yeah. 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 And they're do, but they're do, so. they color coded in most instances. So I just look for that shade of either green or blue that represents Illinois. Sometimes it's green, sometimes it's blue. Remember that whole what color was a dress? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So don't, I hate don't, those don't, I, hear, I see you cutting me off right there. Like, I'm not going there. This. It's all good. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. <laughs> but now my question is do you look at that? Now that you know your zone mm-hmm. and you know all that stuff, do you look at that stuff or the little seed packets or or what? Really good question. Um, yes and no. Yes for something I'm new to growing. No for something I'm not new to growing. So I already know it in my head if I've already if, if I'm, I feel comfortable and have experience growing it. And you know, every time I pick up a package of seeds in the store to buy it, I turn it over and look. Yeah. Okay, so every time, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's a little bit of a fib when we say, you know, buy things in your area because they wouldn't be in your area if you couldn't grow them in your area. That's not exactly right. true. You you can grow anything. Okay, good God. Hey, look, you can grow an avocado, right? You yeah, can take an avocado yeah. pit. You can make a little tree out of it. But are you going to get an avocado out of it? You know, I just... This was it. 
I just was reminded. Like, we just crossed over the expiration of new year, new me. Like I saw it happen. I saw it go out. I can feel myself. Like, listen, I have my my arms pinned against my my sides trying to stay calm. Like, it's bullshit. She's back. It's bullshit. Like, this is the same shit you were talking about the previous episode about, well, lettuce has protein. And you know, if you eat four heads of lettuce, it's the same idea of yes, you can do the thing. You can do any of these things. Things, but with the goal, like the end game is to have avocados. That's my point. That was my whole point. You took it wrong. So you can grow anything, but you're not going to get what you want out of it. Yeah, but that's did, the whole I, point. I think you're reckless. No, okay. I'm just being, that's a little bit extreme. I think unless <laughs> you are exactly saying which you may have been, and I just didn't give you a chance. Like why bother saying you can grow an avocado tree if you can't get avocados? Like why, why even put that into the, the, you know, the universe? Because our job is to say that you can do something, but there are going to be limitations and give an example. And that's what I'm doing. So I cause I know this lady and she, she had in her office, maybe eight different avocado pits growing and she was going to get a damn avocado tree. This is in Massachusetts. And then I knew a guy who had a coffee plant. In his house, and he was going to get coffee. Son of a bitch got one bean in five years. Yeah. But it was just something for him to do. He wasn't expecting to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I, I, I just don't, I don't believe. I believe the guy was waiting on the coffee beans to, to flow, a plethora of them. So no, there he may, are... He may have originally and then changed his mind. I don't know what his ultimate plan was, but I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you completely. Mm-hmm. Like... You can do it, but what's the point if you're not going to do it? Unless you just like the way this plant looks. So that was going to be my other comment. There's some things like, um, I believe if an okra plant flowers, you're going to, it's going to produce some type of okra, but there's some plants, vegetable plants that are really pretty, right? That may not get to the point of full fruition, right? But you may enjoy the plant itself. I can't think mm-hmm. of another one off the top of my head because I'm, I'm trying to bring either. my energy down a little bit here. Um, you got amped but, up for no reason. No, I still I'm amped up for this reason because <laughs> I believe that people here you can grow it and then that's it. You know, like like the it's like entering the into the inter, uh, web. Can I grow avocado trees? And the answer is yes. And there's some other details. They're taking that yes and running with it. Now, sure, there's a bit of responsibility that each individual gardener has, but I'm just not going to say those words. You've heard it here first. So when I live, you can't in grow an avocado. No, <laughs> no one. So never. I, <laughs> shut up. Let me talk. <laughs> so when I lived in Plymouth, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. there was a place and they had one palm tree. Okay. One palm tree. Now, let me put a palm tree into perspective for you. Mm-hmm. The line for palm trees, like growing pretty successfully on their own, is South Carolina. Like, you know, I'm right on the border of it. So, here, like, our palm trees can come and go. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily flourish. They might have a couple good years, but then they'll go. Yeah. Okay. In Plymouth, Massachusetts, on the water, there is one palm tree. And they have it there. And every winter they wrap that bitch with about 400 pounds of saran wrap. Mm-hmm. And it lives mm-hmm. every year. So it's possible. Okay. Because that's 1,500 miles outside of its natural growing area. It does not flourish, 
but there is one palm tree there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I understand what you're things. saying. I just and don't agree just, with that that approach or perspective. But let me give I you an example. Either. But no, well, hold on. From a southern boy living in an alien world mm-hmm. where everybody spoke totally different. I love everybody in New England. Lived there for a long time. It was refreshing as shit to go somewhere and see a palm tree. And sometimes I would just go. There'd be a pile of cigarette butts and people treated like crap. But I love that damn thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> way to cheer for uh, you know, growing something that really doesn't belong in your climate. So there yeah. is a level of respect for Mother Nature. You know, the weather where you are, right? Um, and I won't get on a high horse about that, right? Yeah, please don't. Um, I do love a good garden experiment. I've seen even family members in warmer places. I've seen people try to grow um, pineapples, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone I've seen that you kind of know, like if you do the search, it really is not optimal, right? But in, in many cases, you'll see a pineapple produced within that first year even. Now, is it a really good pineapple? Maybe, maybe not, but it's intriguing. And I support that, right? Like I support the idea of taking the avocado seed, which gets into hacks, which we'll talk about in a future episode, taking the avocado seed and watching it on day one through 10, day you know 11 through and so on. Like I support that as almost that experiment. Let's see what happens pushing the envelope like that palm tree that you described. I'm team that, right? Um, I'm going back to the crux of saying something, knowing there's a huge caveat and saying it blatantly like, you know, it is what it is, right? That's the piece that I struggle with. And I know that you would never say, yes, you can grow an avocado tree and leave it flat like that. Like, I know that that's not the way you roll. No. And I appreciate you for it. But I I'm not necessarily people, speaking on just what you would say. I'm talking about, no. you know, the universe. I see people all the time, all the time mm-hmm. growing stuff that they should. And they, but the problem is, is they expect it to produce. You know, yes. you get outside and it's hot. Yes. I mean, in Chicago, you'll have a couple hot days. Yeah. You know, a lot of the country, it gets hot. And you think, I, I could grow, grow that. anything, yes. Anything, mm-hmm. because it's hot then. Mm-hmm. But then in the wintertime, you go out there and you're like, shit, you don't even want to go outside in the wintertime. What the hell makes you think that plant's going to want to sit outside? Look at me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Batavia's got socks on, everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As we speak. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. Like, I am a half a day away from putting on tights. See there, and that's just you know. I it's got mental. two shirts on. When's the last time y'all saw me with two shirts on? <laughs> <laughs> Never. So right. you see what I'm saying? Like, it's just but knowing the zone. Yeah. So, but now here's the trick. Mm-hmm. There are, uh, they have bread plants that could go into a higher zone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Higher, should we call them higher or lower for the record? I think it's higher. If you're saying six and then seven, seven would be the higher in my mind. No, I'm saying if you're growing, like if it needs to be in zone 10, mm-hmm. now you can grow it in zone eight. Oh. So that'd be a lower zone. Oh, yeah. I would say lower too. So there's things that have been crossbred mm-hmm. over years and years to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like I have some succulents that don't like to be below 50. Mm-hmm. Well, I can go ahead and tell you right now, they can make it to 35, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they don't like to be below 50, yeah. but I'm not producing them to a fruit. Yeah. Okay. And that's the difference. So, um, there is a P 
piece of this where if you know some of this baseline information, right, last frost date, first frost date, number of days I consider like, you know, kind of my growing zone has this number of days between that period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know, you know, hardiness zone. I mean, I think at that point you can be dangerously good, right? You know, so that's when well. you can... That's when you can poke around with the, all right, I can do this if I add this piece. And you've mentioned this before. There's actually a book that I think you referenced that talks about how to change, how to be in zone 6B and then move up, you know, two zones based on the actions I take in my garden. Right. You know. Yeah. For sure. Um, Well, it's stuff. Okay. So. All right. I got two things to say. I'm trying to figure out the order. Mm. So let's stay right on track with what you said. Is there anything growing in your yard that is right on the line for zones? Mm, I don't think so. I don't know if I wait. I don't know if I understand right on the line of zones. Like it, it could be like it should really be in a zone seven. Um, right this moment, no. Okay. See, for me, I have lemongrass. Mm-hmm. So I am right on the line. So I think it's zone nine is where they're safe. Mm-hmm. Safe, safe. Meaning and it safe might even at be. this time of year, right? In the winter, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about this, generally speaking, it's always the winter is mm-hmm. what we're talking yeah. about. That's generally. Yeah, that's a trouble zone. Yeah. But I, I put emphasis on that word generally, so... But that is the trouble zone. So, like, my past two years, my lemongrass has, has not died. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or it dies back, but it comes back. Yeah. But if it got too cold and we had some freak cold, it won't come back. Okay? So, we haven't had anything even close to our maximum low temperature in years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I think that this week has been the coldest. We're getting, like, 27 at night, which is about what our winters are. So, that kind of pushes it. But there are steps I can take to protect that plant. Sure. I.e., I can mulch it, you know, I can cover it. There's a lot of things you can do to kind of extend it and bring it back mm-hmm. if you needed. So just because it says, you know, if you're in zone 7A and it needs an 8B, you can possibly do it, but you just need to take those steps that are necessary in order to protect it when it gets down. And you're just going to have to watch the weather, too. Yeah. So, you know, depending. I would not plant my whole yard like that. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. That's not what I would do. So I'm going to go back and answer your question because I just confirmed with the interweb. Um, I thought rosemary is an example of that. So mm-hmm. zone for rosemary was my quick search. And burpee, as I'm going to mark them down for this purpose as a trusted source says that rosemary is an outstanding perennial performer in zone seven to 10. Mm-hmm. Let me finish with reports of it thriving in zone six, not being uncommon. Right. So I have had rosemary planted in the summer of 2019, um, left it in the ground. And last year, it bounced back and had new rosemary sprigs, right? Um, that year, I covered the garden bed with plastic. This year, I've not done that. Like an unconscious, um, you know, garden experiment. It's going to die back now, right? The question is, in the spring, will it put on new uh, rosemary sprigs? That's the test. You're in, and you're in 6B, correct? That's correct. Okay. 
So I had to confirm because when I was living up north, we were on zone 6A mm-hmm. and we had rosemary. Now I've grown rosemary in zone 8, mm-hmm. zone 7, mm-hmm. which is at my parents' house, yeah. and zone 6. And in zone 8, my rosemary is turning into a huge bush. And when I was younger, I had a rosemary that was four feet tall and six feet wide and just didn't go away. Now, when I grew it up in six, it never really could get past, you know, it it would get some steam, but then a good winter will take it out. You know, it would damage it. Excellent point. So in that zone, in the higher zone, do you feel like it ever died back? I think that portions of it died mm-hmm. back. So rosemary does, it gets weird in the wintertime. Like even here, it just, it looks dead mm-hmm. for the most part, but it's still green because yeah. it's an evergreen, mm-hmm. but then it'll come back. So I've noticed something too, and I need to just confirm this real quick for lavender. Mm. So let me just speak about the rosemary, which is a great example of Again, the interweb reports, there have been reports of it, you know, being okay throughout the year in zone six. I'm not harvesting rosemary in February, right? However, and you should you should not be harvesting off these plants. And I'll explain why when yeah. you're done. So I'm not harvesting rosemary in February. So that thing, again, everything on top of the ground, when we say, I say die back, that's what I mean. Like what's on top of the ground has died back, shriveled up. The root is still alive and intact underneath, right? Um, and it's going to put energy that next year into producing more stems and sprigs. Whereas in the warmer zones, that rosemary plant doesn't have to fight against that cold weather. So it gives it an opportunity to get bigger and bigger. My rosemary will probably be, if it survives this winter, the size as it was last summer. You know, I'm never going to get that. I know you love when I say never that four foot, bush of a rosemary plant if i do if i do the exact same thing i've been doing meaning basically nothing yeah so okay and my other thing was lavender Mm -hmm. so you remember the other day we were talking and we were texting back and forth um designing my beds Mm -hmm. and there was that walkway yeah and on the side of that walkway there's that big green bush yeah well that was a lavender and when i put it in it was about four inches Mm -hmm. okay this year and now it's just exploded. So when I was in 6A, I planted lavender. I could not. It was like the hardest thing to grow because you would get something cold and then it would wipe it out. Yep. Yep. You know, so and the reason why you shouldn't trim, like if you have rosemary and you're living in these areas or anything really, like especially an herb, because, you know, time will it will live. I had it in 6A and it lived in a pot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it came back. But you shouldn't harvest it because what it's doing is the plant goes into survival mode. And then the plant sucks the sap down. We're going to call it sap because I can't really remember the correct terms, but you'll get the idea into the roots and stores its energy. So when you go through and you cut it, it signifies to the plant, okay, we need to produce more. So it sends that inner, that sugars and energy back up into where you cut it. And so everywhere you cut it, it's going to split and branch out. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and so that's how you're going to get a bigger one. Now, if you live in a colder area, you want to stop trimming 
early in the year, earlier before fall, so it, that plant can continue to build the energy to live. And that's mm-hmm. how you're going to help these plants live yeah. if they're right on a fine line or it's the like the tippy top edge of the zone they like to be in. That's how you help them live. Mm-hmm. Can I live? Right? Yeah, I so, was um, I was looking to see if I, my bottom half is like um, not as well covered as my top half. And I was trying to turn up the heat for my phone. Oh, of your body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were talking about your rosemary. The bottom half <laughs> was of like the plant. like it should be underground. Yeah. Um, so so I, I, I was going to use uh, mint as an example of something <sighs> that I know, right? We've talked about how it runs wild. Um, and it's an example of how something that in my version of dies back, meaning you know everything above the ground is dead during the winter. Um, it comes back and it does come back bigger, right? Yes. You know, um, cause it's, I think that mint is more invasive though. Um, so I may be mixing kind of those things. Yeah. Um, well, some things need to be, get cold chills in order to grow too, mm-hmm, like your flower mm-hmm. bulbs and stuff. Yeah. Now you brought up something earlier and I would be remiss if I didn't say anything. You talk about the number of planting days, growing days in your zone. Oh, here we go. So you have what, a hundred and what? It's like 180 some days. Yeah, I think mine's like 267 or something crazy like that. Um, but that's the number of days in which you can grow a plant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Above freezing, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. So, yes, you can be very dangerous, but you need to understand what certain plants need in order to grow. Yeah. So like sweet potatoes in my mind are the biggest misconception people have. Mm-hmm. And if you want to ring that bell, now's a good time to do it. Because you hear like the Chicago, like, I don't know if it's a salt truck or like the city of Chicago <laughs> water department or like, <laughs> they're revving their engines outside. Okay. Let me try it one more time. Okay. Go ahead. There we go. So, and Batavia, she brought it up this year where she literally, she has to get her sweet potatoes in the ground as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. There is no leeway for her. Mm -hmm. No leeway. And sweet potatoes are very much um, frost intolerant, right? there. What's the other term that we use for it? Um, uh, Bitch ass plants. (laughs) They're definitely (laughs) sensitive, right? Yes. Um, And I need to get them out there as soon as possible because I need as many growing days as possible, but in the most ideal conditions. So I can get out there on April the 19th and put sweet potato, um, you know, the starters in the ground, but let a colder night come in. It's going to kill those things back. And I'm back to square one. You know. Yeah, exactly. And it will happen. And so that's the thing is like sweet potatoes need to be out when it's 50 degrees at night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's really when they, I mean, you can definitely go a couple degrees less. Wait. Consistently. Consistently. Not that yes. you got just one fifty degree night. Like, you know, it's time. Yes. Yeah. Well, see, and that's something that I feel, I, you know, it's might be my fault, but I shouldn't, I don't feel like I should have to say that because if it needs 50 degrees, then you can't put it out on the first night 50 degrees and the next night be 30 and be like, oh, it's fine. So, you know, it definitely needs to happen. So, yes, Batavia has six months of the year in which she can grow mm-hmm. something. Yeah. So sweet yeah. potatoes are a stretch for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's an listen now. Like, I feel like I am uh, coming down, you know, like you know, I, I really say that I'm introvert, you know, with extrovert tendencies. And so, you know how in that, that instance, people 
like get amped up and then they really have to decompress. I feel like from that whole thing with the avocado plant, like I feel like I'm coming down and trying to level things out, <laughs> but you're yeah. bringing me right back to it. No, because so it says a lot about you by being able to harvest a sweet potato. Mm-hmm. The fact that you were able to do it says a lot about who you are as a gardener and what you put into use. Yeah. For that. Um, that was a so. Okay. Um, but I think it speaks to um, that example of you can grow it, but what are you going to get from it? Right. You know, so I think that um, it's a lot easier for me to grow tomatoes than it has been for me to grow sweet potatoes. Right. Yeah. Um, tomatoes thrive in my area right i've planted them as late as july and that really cuts down those number of days um and i can look on the interweb and say you know oh zone seven and higher are ideal for sweet potatoes and shrug and say i ain't in zone seven and keep on pushing or based on my desire to grow sweet potatoes i can say all right let me see what i can do if it's possible, what what conditions do I need to create for it? And that's the reason why I say if you have information like first and last frost date, if you have information like hardiness zone, you can be dangerously powerful, right? Because that gives you the tools to kind of go to that next step, right? Yes. Um, so, <clears throat> so, yeah. Leonard, mark this. So, we were talking the other day about... Some areas grow things better. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I've i grown in extremes of two different zones. Yeah. And I get it. So up north and the higher, lower zones, whatever, where it's colder, your fall, spring crops, you know, your brassica stuff like that, mm-hmm. they grow way better and flourish a lot more than down here where I am mm-hmm. versus my sweet potatoes, my eggplants, yeah. my peppers, all that stuff will grow a lot better where I am versus where you are. So if we both started a spring garden, mm-hmm. okay, and we just, let's just map out the days in which they grew. If we started on the exact day that we're supposed to, yes. and we just counted the days, I guarantee you that your spring garden would outlast mine and thrive even more than mine mm-hmm. because of the way the temperatures are, because that's what that area is geared for. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so it's a big difference. When um, we're, we're winding to the point where I was adamant about the number of days you have that warm weather and mm-hmm. you were like, eh, you know, so supporting your, eh, you know, um, my last expected frost date is October the 29th. Right. So that's when the temperature is expected to dip from, you know, 33 to 32. Right. And that's your the, first expected frost. Yeah, thank date. you. I always get those flip flop. My first expected frost date is October the 29th. That makes me believe at just first blush that I can grow these, um, you know, summer loving plants until that date. Sure, I can. But the performance of those plants really depend on, again, how warm those warm days are. Using sweet potatoes again, it was pretty consistently cold in October, all of October. Right. I have 29 days before I'm supposed to get to my first expected frost date. Right. Right. But those plants are sitting in easily we're getting 40 degree nights multiple times a day or multiple times a week. You know, and so that's another thing about tomatoes. Right. 
I was doing some research about my tomatoes and while I still had fruit on the plants, um, my tomato plants were healthy last year. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. They're not stunted, but they're definitely kind of sluggish now, right? The fruit isn't ripening as much because, again, we're not getting those warm, warm, warm or hot days anymore. Again, I have three or four or five weeks. Even in September, we've had a point where that temperature dips off, right? So I think, again, all of that is keeping conscious. I think I'm still going to get things from my garden and enjoy them. I'll pause. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you will. So... But look at Maya's case. So in the fall, I struggle mm-hmm. to get stuff growing because it stays. My last frost date is not far from your. My damn it, I did the same yeah, thing you did. My first frost date is not far from yours, where I think it's like November nineteenth or something. Which you know, fifteen days is not much, mm-hmm. but yeah, it is. But not, it, you know, if you hold on, let me fit to get this thought out. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, screaming all the way up until about five days before that it's 85 degrees Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so that's the difference between the two here is you have a much more gradual yeah so your fall garden can be stunning where mine i struggle to get it going and get it started Mm -hmm. and then my winter can go either way yeah so my winter can support it or it could crush it yeah so it's a big difference in the two and that's why i say this is a heartbreak zone for me mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. you get your hopes up and then you get that 95 degree day in late october and you're like what the hell yeah you know what i mean like what's going on so that's the that's the difference in the two so that being said is it better for me to continue to growing my tomatoes all the way up until the last minute or is it better for me to try and force a fall planting schedule <sighs> I think we've transitioned back to regular even keel Batavia um, because well, that's this until is, I say something else to set you off. Well, no, well, yeah, possibly because <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, my my mind and body it doesn't know how to kind of reconcile and react because I've been so great as a person for the last three weeks, you know. So it's, like, <laughs> it's trying to get back into. Oh, you can hear that and not, you know, go off the deep end, you know, versus <laughs> over everything. Uh, but anyway, um, that excites me, right? Like that's those are the intricate details. And we've talked about and we figured that out before the confession of being in zone 8A, how long in the spring. It wasn't a confession. It was a realization. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about how um, your summer comes in hot. Right. Like it starts like way before the summer date. Right. Like what we understand is summer weather. Um, Yeah. And mine is very much more gradual when it comes to it being cooler, getting to warmer. But on the flip end of it, on my end in in the fall, like we're tiptoeing into full cold weather, which means we've cut off the hot weather real soon. You know, July and August are guaranteed to be hot months, period. Anything else is a gimme, you know. Um, okay, so hold on. When you say summer weather, we're referring to summer weather for us as in Batavia and I and anybody on Backyard Gardens crew is when 
lettuce won't grow anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's the way It'll to look bulk. at it. Yeah. Okay, that's how yeah. that's how we're calling summer weather because everybody's summer weather yeah. is different. I look at it as you know? uh, eighty degrees and above in my mind. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And so for us, mm-hmm. our last frost date is yeah, our last frost date. See, now I thought it was April fifteenth, and I just read something the other day. It's April fourth. I don't know if they changed it mm-hmm. or what. Mm-hmm. So I got to pay attention to that. Is April twentieth. We can have an eighty degree day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so that's how quickly it can happen. Yeah. So. So um, I when you said I think my frost date, and I know how you are about facts and statistics, and I think that's just representative of a representative of how crucial it is for me in my garden. Like shit's dying. Like if I have tomato yeah. plants on October thirtieth, and a frost came on October 29th, those those boys are done, right? You know, those are not. Uh, hardy at all right um and i think for you because again you even up to your last expected frost date first expected frost date good night the thing in the fall right <laughs> that date in the fall <laughs> it isn't like you know the great watch of the garden right like right um but i do want to comment on this and i just want to throw it out there um, because this speaks to at least the last year version of you. I've been thinking about tomato plants and we just walked through uh, my tomatoes in October. There's no more kicking butt and taking names, right? In yeah. October, based on my weather, they are not dead. They are not dying, uh, but they are not thriving. So right. should I still be nursing tomato plants in October? You know my stance. <laughs> Tell the listeners that uh, haven't tuned in to the 88 episodes where you've badgered me about this. Hell no. <laughs> you need to move on to something bigger and better because, as we've discussed, mm-hmm. Batavia's area is really g- good at growing fall vegetables. Mm-hmm. And it's set up very well for it. Yeah. So you should. Now, do I think if you grow, I mean, what'd you grow, like 67? tomatoes this year no, out of your 432 gardens mm-hmm. 77 so if you took and left five of those 77 plants just to continue to get a little something mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. you know what i mean i don't see anything wrong with that but i definitely think and this is just my way of gardening yeah. where i want to get as much as i can out of it and i want to garden as long as i can too yeah. is to go ahead and set it up because as you see your tomatoes were gone on october 30th but are you still getting something under your garden in January? I sure am. Think about See? something else, nope. right? Think about, um, and there's a part of it that excites me and there's a part of it that makes me a little bit uneasy. Um, the space that in tomato plants, almost everywhere is going to take up some real serious space. The space that my tomato plants took, right? Um, and thinking about what I could have put in those places. Um, I think about the, I think the same way about my peppers as I'm coming into this new season. You know, at what point do you say I've gotten enough? Excuse me, that's a whole mentality that I struggle with adopting, right? You know, like you think you're the only one? No, of course not. I did really think I was the only one. I was. No. Um, I had I'm the same way. I had some black eyed peas from the new year, and. I should have froze them like three days before this thing caught in my mind. And I was saying, I mean, general rule of thumb is in my household has been eat it or freeze it by the seventh day. So it can go a week. Most things. Right. Um, And I was by I was past the seventh day. 
And I, I will not and, eat leftovers at Batavia's house. I'm telling you, I would forewarn you and didn't say this is all yeah. we got, though. So you need to decide what you're going to do. <laughs> well, then I might eat. <laughs> so I was saying like, um, oh, it's only one more serving. Should I go ahead and eat it? And it pained me to throw it away. Pained me. Um, yeah. Same thing happened with my mom between thanks or Christmas and New Year's. You know, that seven days I had macaroni and cheese that I had made. And I think about the kind of things that are in macaroni and cheese. Uh, and I gave her like a, a serving or two of it with kind of her delivery for her New Year's Day dinner. And so I said, <laughs> You got to eat it today, right? Like, like, this is it. And so I was talking to her later on in the um, the weekend, and she's like, yeah, I just threw it away. Like, I didn't want to take the chance. And there was a moment where I'm, yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's the smart thing to do. You could, it's akin to that yeah. tomato plant, right? You know, I think it's, it's the tomato plant's worse because the intention is pull it and then plant something else to get something else, you know? Right, but it's not like you can say, okay, my plant's going to die tomorrow. You know, let's just say we're hitting our thing, Mm -hmm. our um, frost date, Mm -hmm. and I need to plant something today because tomorrow is going to be my frost date. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. That's the reason why it's so complicated in my mind, right? So just to clarify, um, I put uh, kale plants out September the 11th. Again, cool weather by then. Not cold, but cooler. Um, my last frost date was right around the 28th or 29th of October. So we're almost a month and a half away from that date. I would have still had small kale plants, but still harvestable kale. I could have put kale plants all throughout the, the cage, baby, if I had to pull those tomato plants up September 11th, right? And then mm-hmm. inserted some transplants for the kale plants as an example, you would have, ne- it would have been like wild horses couldn't have gotten me to pull my tomato plants out September the 11th, right? So that's what makes, if you want to be a deadly ass gardener mm-hmm. and you just want to be a productive fucker, like mm-hmm. straight up, mm-hmm. then you go out there and you say, I know that my my peppers and my tomatoes are going to stop producing and you just start janking them billy goats out and putting in fall stuff. It will hurt. But in the long run, Mm -hmm. it makes you a dangerous grower because you will be productive as hell. Yeah, agreed. Because it's, you know, it's and it's and that's what farmers do, though. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what you know, that's what people do is they say this isn't going to produce like I want it to anymore. Yep. And it's using this space. Let me put something in its place. And it's hard to do. Even me. And I sit here and I tell you, like, I do succession sowing and Mm -hmm. I interplant and do all this stuff. And I still look at my pepper plant, which, by the way, is still out there with some old ass frozen peppers on it. (laughs) But and I was like, it's still got a pepper on it. It's still got a pepper on it. But, you know, and good and damn well, it's not going to grow. And so that's like if anybody can master that where you just go and ruthless as shit just be like boom mm-hmm. janking them out mm-hmm. not even worried about a plant in its yeah. place you would be amazed at how productive your garden will be and how much you will get but it's I don't know if it's a way to get I guess if you had to survive on the food mm-hmm. like you literally just had to survive mm-hmm. on it that's how you get there yeah because otherwise man it's hard to pull that up so let's just let's be clear I believe what we've just described and been talking about is the better way for me to garden. 
I think mm-hmm. the direction I'm headed in when it comes to what I want to eat, what I want to grow, how much of it, I think it's the better way. Um, however, it doesn't mean I'm there. Like it's, it's harder for me based on what you described. Right. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm taking, I'm going to take baby steps. Bill Murray, I'm going to take baby steps is what it comes down. You know to. what I'm going to do? So this year, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out there one day when it gets to be that time. And I'm going to put on my spike leather jacket and my ski mask and my gloves. And I'm going to go out there and pull up my boots and tie them bitches tight put some spurs on them. I'm just get all weird looking and just badass and go out there and just start ripping them out of the ground. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just yeah. nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, cause, but that's, I, I mean, I agree with you. That's, I think that's the way to go yeah. for the record. And it's, it's really hard to do and I don't expect people to do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and just real quick, the notes on that though, is like, there's a whole level of planning that goes into it. You're pulling a tomato plant. You need to have something there in its place. And, Again, yeah, you too. don't just go out there and just pull shit and be like, I'll figure it out later. Because <laughs> you got to remember, too, in the fall, you're running out of time. Yeah, so you can't yeah. be like, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah, you know, yeah. you got to, yeah, it's yeah. an in and out situation. Which could, for me, be months in yeah. advance of that. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> taking pictures or the post on the interweb, like, look at it. I did it. And you're like, oh, I shit. I pulled it out. What should I do yeah. now? I'm like, well, shit, don't be asking us. Get it in the ground. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know how I feel about all things in good time, right? You know, yeah. so, so yeah. It's, um, you know, it's, it's pick your battles, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, for me, like, I think, and I think the right thing to do would be like, if you wanted to ease into it, be like, pick, pick a crop this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when it's done, call it done. Yeah. And pull it yeah. and put something in its place like you're supposed to. I think that's the better way to do it personally. Yeah. I mean, even if I look at tomatoes as a whole, there were at least there was at least one tomato plant that I pulled because it wasn't doing well. And I pulled that probably in August and yeah. probably another in September. Right. Um, and again, planning accordingly, I could have had some stuff in those spots. Right. Um, right. But and I hadn't planned in that way. But I mean, it's all good. I mean, I think that um, uh, we're talking about kind of a different level of an intention in gardening. Right. If you're happy yeah. with tomatoes up until the end of or just before your frost date, then roll with it. Rock with it. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's it's whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. But if you're anything like us, then like I mean, I, I've said this before, but I look at my garden as like you know, a mini vegetarian homestead Mm -hmm. garden. You know what I mean? That's how I look at mine. So it's like, I want mine to be producing all the time, you know, as much as I can out of it. And, you know, in the wintertime, like it's tough Mm -hmm. because it can go either way. Now with the greenhouse, that's a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Papa Bear is getting turnips out of the greenhouse now. They look beautiful too. Yeah. So I got a big one yesterday. It's pretty sweet. Mm. But, um, you know, that's all part of it, though. And and even though, like, yes, I have a greenhouse, but, like, even a row cover, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all that stuff extends your zone. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I don't want people to be like, oh, they're not even talking about zones anymore. We're completely talking about everything related yeah, to zones. Absolutely. It all maps and quite back. honestly, Wait. every conversation we have on here has to do with zones. Yes. It all maps back. Get it? The map maps back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does map back, mm-hmm. though, because, you know... It, Season extension is the same thing as just lo- raising your zone number. Yep. So you're you're making your minimum temperature less, right? So for instance, for last night, it was 27 degrees outside. My greenhouse was 30. 
31. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's a big difference there. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem like much, but it's a huge difference because once you start getting below 29, you know, below 30, things really will stop growing as much and it interrupts the cycle. Yeah. I mean, so especially for these cold weather crops that I'm growing. There's another part of this conversation, which is an extension of that whole, when do you pull a tomato plant? So there is the, you know, when do you stop fighting it? And when do you embrace the thing that your now weather really wants to grow? Um, and that goes back to the conversation of like this kick-ass spring garden that I'll likely have. Ooh, I'm claiming it. <laughs> I'm going to have a kick-ass spring garden too. Yeah. I'm actually planning to have the biggest spring garden I've ever had. Yeah. So... If I can get my compost that I need. Oh, well. Damn Are you it. still still driving around in circles for that? Yeah. 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 Called potato. Actually, I think it's all worked out now. Oh, okay. We had a little bit of a communication, so I should be getting some. But, um, Good. you know, I got, you know, it's like I built the garden bed and my wife's like, well, why are you building it now? It's January. I'm like, well, first of all, because it's the time of year to build it. But second of all, because I'm a plant in that bitch. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I put fresh soil in it. That's going to be ripe yeah. to grow. Yeah. So, I have a quick you know, note of um, the place that I get the metal beds from for, in the front yard. Mm-hmm. I came across them on Instagram. Um, well, I came across a post on the, from them on Instagram that uh, they they refer to it as a starter garden. And I looked and said, huh, that bed looks familiar. So I did a bit of poking around and it's the exact same measurement as the bed that I bought last, like early last summer that I didn't grow in, but I built out late last summer, got everything prepped for. That bed is like 30% cheaper. They have, It's a sale. It's a promotion, right? And I'm just like, God damn. I, if I would have waited in my mind, I could have gotten it for a lower price. But the reality is, one, I didn't know that that was going to be the thing, right? I've been following them for a number of years. This is the first time I saw that. Um, second, if I would have gotten it now, the likelihood that I'd be planting it in the spring was probably much slimmer than getting it last year, getting it prepped. So I've justified yeah. like that price increase, you know, my bed is ready. As soon as that, that, uh, dirt is ready to be worked. That's all I need to do is get in there and plant versus yeah. building it by building. I mean, assembling, getting dirt loaded in and all of that good stuff. So, so how much was that bed? It was seventy dollars. I'm gonna call it seventy dollars, the price I paid for it. And I think it's I'm gonna call it forty dollars. It could be a little bit cheaper is the price they have it for now. How big is it? Um three and a half feet by call it two feet and okay. like one foot high. Um or almost yeah, two so feet. Mine high. mine that I built this weekend cost me 40 bucks mm-hmm. and it's four by eight feet mm-hmm. by 10 inches high. Yeah. That, I mean, that's so. significant because you're building in wood and I'm building in beauty. I, but you know what though? You say that, but I like my whole, and somebody was asking me, what's the look of your garden? I was like, what well, have to be rustic? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like I, it's just, and I like the wood look. Yeah. So in no, my I backyard, I describe it that way. I mean, you obviously could see the, the specific design that I'm going for up, up front versus in the backyard. Yeah. So just to yeah. be frank, like um, I had a whole design, two or three versions of the front yard with wood beds, which is absolutely totally fine. My entire backyard has wood beds. Um, but once I started in a path, when it came to the front yard, I went down that path and recognize I'm paying a premium for that, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway. Yeah. 
It's, you know, but either way. But so that's why we do it now is because we want to take advantage of the stuff that grows early. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like for me, if I don't get it started in February or at the latest mid-March mm-hmm. for some of these spring crops, I'm not going to get a harvest. Yeah. It'll, and, you know, I'll start to, but then it'll just go to seed. Yeah. And, and your January shit. is different than my January, which is again, Dude, what my January, been... like my February is like your probably April. Yeah. That's a good point. It mm-hmm. can be. Mm-hmm. It can be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's different. You know, it's like Florida right now, they're having a winter. You know, one of the guys that would follow on, um, that I talked to on Instagram, he's having to go out and cover all his stuff constantly. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, I've never had to do that. So is he's that actually Sir starting. Is that Sir Purple? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. He's, What's happening, he's man? starting his, yeah, he's starting his seeds now mm-hmm. because he's actually having a, um, a winter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. which, you know, I'm like, damn, I was like, you got any fruit growing? He's like, yeah. I was like, you mother. Because if I lived somewhere like that, I would have a full fruit garden. Yeah, me too. I wouldn't even grow a vegetable. No. See, I couldn't nah. help myself. No, nah, I'd just grow all fruit. Mm. I'd probably... No, nah, I'd tell you that. I'd grow a couple things, but yeah, I'd yeah. just grow fruit. But anyways, zones. Are you are you, are you you filled up with zones? Are you good? I just, um, I just caution you when you enter conversations about zones with your friends. It's a true test of friendship. So, you know, be careful. It is. It is. I was sweating earlier. I was sweating. Especially when I started talking about the avocado tree. You made me nervous. Yeah, man. Like, I puckered up a little bit. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, don't don't make that a habit. No. No. No, I won't. Trust me. And everybody at this listen is probably like, oh, shit. Here they go. Who would have thought that would have been the thing that triggered her from New Year, New Batavia? I know. And I was on your back. I was. I had your back, too. That was a thing. Well, look, after this big battle that we've had and this frustrating whole subject, mm-hmm. I think it's time to refuel. It's time. Oh, no, something more. For, for the recipe yeah. of the day. <laughs> All right, this time from the world famous chicken noodle soup. Uh-uh. If you if you want to use chicken, mm-hmm. so I've been using this for uh, or I've not been using. I've been cooking it for I don't know many years. And my grandfather actually gave me this cookbook. It's called uh, Three Sixty Five Great Soups and Stews. Oh, okay. So it's like the 1970s edition mm-hmm. it's old as shit you know but um it's it's really simple and i modify it as needed so it, it takes 25 minutes to cook oh cool That's okay it. yeah so it's um it calls for two shallots but i put onion in mm-hmm. because usually i have onions i don't have shallots mm-hmm. laying around it calls for two carrots Two parsnips. <laughs> okay. Booyah. Uh, a, one piece of, one inch piece of fresh ginger grated. Mm-hmm. A teaspoon of ground cumin. A pinch of cayenne. Mm-hmm. Six cups of your stock of choice. A cup of egg noodles, fine egg noodles or rice. And then two teaspoons of grated lemon zest and one tablespoon of lemon juice. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay, it sounds like it sounds like a lot, but it's really not. So, all you do is you put your onions in, 
You slice them, dice them however you want them. I like mine sliced out. I'm a little bigger. I like, again, going with the rustic look of the garden. I like my food rustic yeah. chopped. Uh-huh. So I get the feeling of it. So we will brown the um, the onions. We'll saute them. And then we'll put the carrots in. Mm-hmm. And I actually like to double up on the parsnips. Of course you do. <laughs> of course I do. And, um, you know, also chicken. I'm sorry. A pound of chicken if that's what you use. Mm-hmm. But I don't use chicken. I use mushrooms. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I can dig it. Yeah, you can dig it. So we put the parsnips in, you mix them up, you put them in there, and you just cook them down for just a little bit. You know, everything's kind of cooking. I give it maybe total like five minutes mm-hmm. uh, for everything. And then you put in your spices, you put in your broth, and you boil it. Bring it to a boil, and then you simmer it for about... They say five minutes or so, but I simmer it for about 10 to 15. I like it nice and hot. But right as I put in, before I bring it to a boil, that's when I put my mushrooms in. Yeah, okay. And I let them cook down. And what that does is if you're not eating meat, it gives you that meaty feeling in your mouth. Mm -hmm. You know, something like a chunk to chew on. And I like to use, um, I will use white mushrooms. We've used portobellas. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, You know, you want something a little bit heavier, a little bit thicker cut. Yeah. And then... um, you put in your noodles and cook them for five to seven minutes. Or if you use the rice, I put them in the very beginning Mm -hmm. before I boil it and I put the rice in. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you can substitute barley, whatever you could add a bean to it. You can, you know, you can do a lot of different things. I use um, vegetable stock. You can use whatever kind of stock you want, but it's a very flexible soup recipe. It's very light. Um, You know, you can put as much vegetables in as you want. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was going to I'm glad that you uh, shared that recipe now uh, because I was going to I'm going to do like two different kind of soup or soup stews this week. Um, yeah, I, that's a good one. So the cumin is is clutch. The cumin's clutch. I had a feeling you were going to say and, that. Yeah, it's it's what makes it. Mm-hmm. And then the black pepper. Yeah. Add black pepper to it. And, you know, I, I never say salt and pepper because every recipe I've ever seen or given, it's always like, add salt and pepper to your desire. Yeah, to taste. But yeah. the pepper really does make a difference to it. So Yeah, I think one of the things about, you know, making it, what made it different when you said cumin for me, it's kind of like, yeah. okay, so that changes kind of the, the, the taste of things yeah it tastes it changes the taste and you know the beautiful thing is what's the beautiful thing everything except for the mushrooms growing in my garden Mm. so so i wanted just to note that mushrooms are i've gone through i've never gone full vegan you know i've done vegetarian diets for a number of months up to a year i've done pescatarian diets um or eating in that way, right? And right. mushrooms, and that's one of the things that the habits that I've taken forward. Um, mushrooms are like such a good sub in for getting, I won't say getting you over a hump because they don't taste like meat, you know, if you Hell just no, got they off don't of taste meat. nothing like meat. But it really does kind of what you want to do when you're chewing, it kind of subs in. And I really enjoy, I don't grow them either, but I really enjoy mushrooms and like every dish I've, I've had, um, and I had it at a restaurant, like a, just a burger joint, uh, portobello mushroom burger. And I'm telling you, man, it's good stuff. Again, it ain't what you're going to get with a beef burger, but it's good stuff. No. And that was one of the things that turned that me feeling. on. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives yeah. you weight to the food. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. it really does. It gives you weight. Yeah. So I agree with you. And it's, you know, we, I never ate mushrooms until when I went vegan and now even pescatarian, we eat mushrooms all the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I try to put them in everything and. 
You know, sometimes I don't like them though. And, you know, switch up your mushrooms, you know, oyster mushrooms, type of mushroom, shiitakes, stuff like that. So, yeah. Big difference. (laughs) But portobellos are good. They're, um, they're not cheap. No, they're not. They're not. (laughs) And what I've had to learn to do is like, I, I want to, whatever I'm cooking with to already be in my home and I want to go out to a store to buy them. Although they keep mm-hmm. for a while, I've just learned that go and buy the mushrooms that day that you're making the dish or afterwards. Because the last thing is, because they are expensive, you want to do is put some in the back of your refrigerator, forget about them. No, you want to use them in a couple of days mm-hmm. and you can store them in a paper bag mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. That helps. Yeah. But the parsnip and the cumin make the dish. Ah, all right. Good share. Good job. And that's the whole reason why I grew parsnip mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was for that dish. This is Remember the second recipe you that you've. Uh, that's the second yeah. recipe that why I grew it. I think it, you so. owe us one more. I think there were three. I do. Yeah. No, I gave it to you. Hmm. The beefless stew. Oh, okay, or the, okay, um, okay. the beefless pot roast. Uh-huh. No, no, that's so. only two total. That's the two recipes that oh, I, I grew up Oh, I thought you said for. there were three. Okay, all right, all right, it's fine. Thank you. Well, there might be three. <laughs> so. All right, I do have one or two things before we close out. Yeah. Last week, or the week before, you mentioned Barbara Pleasant's book, and it's The Starter Vegetable Gardens, 24 No-Fail Plans for Small Organic Gardens. I just wanted to come back around. I was listening to the episode, yeah. and you had mentioned it and give that specific name. For the garden book. That is the, in my opinion, the best book you can get mm-hmm. as a new gardener and even an experienced gardener. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's the best. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's a great book. And, um, are you using the book that I got you yet? I am. Is and it I, helping you? It, it is helping me. And I'm struggling though, because, um, like, do I keep leave it at my nightstand? Do I put it next to the couch on my side tables? Like when the moment strikes, I want to be able to reach out and grab it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so right now it's downstairs in the living room on, on the side table. And I'm looking now like, do I leave it in my we office? St- like where? <laughs> you know, we started a wave of that on Instagram. Everybody's like, where do I get the book? Where do I get the yeah, book? So it, um, there's been a couple people that have gotten it. Good. It speaks to my garden soul. I did check. I did have that on my wish list. So your garden soul's ears must hurt. They get, it gets spoken I to know, a lot. I know. I know. So uh, just a quick fun randomness. I had a dream that my kohlrabi seeds got wet. Okay. And were destroyed. Were they? No, just a dream. Weird. I also had a dream that someone unwelded and stole the front part, um, the panels for my gate in front of the house. So listen, this is what happens when you have new year, new me. Like, you know, my unconscious really didn't know what to do and how to, you know, receive that version of Batavia. You got some weird ass dreams. For sure I do. But all things kohlrabi seeds are intact. Front gate fully functioning, still present. It's all good. Are you going to direct sow or are you going to um, seed them inside? Well, I'm not fully committed to kohlrabi. It was one of those, like, I got them with a free package, as a free package of seeds. I'm fully committed. Okay. Because I bought a package and then I got them for free. Yeah. If I do, I'm going to, I'm pretty sure I'm going to start inside. I haven't even, like, done any real Googling on it yet. So I don't know if there's one version that's recommended versus the other. Okay. Have you started anything inside? Maybe. 
What have you started? Well, I mean, an herb or two, you know, so for outside planting, it's still kind of early for me um, because I've checked my garden zone and I've looked up my first, last, last frost date. (laughs) And I've referred to the book that I was uh, so pleasantly gifted. So I am still on schedule, which makes me feel warm and, and fuzzy. Um, but there are Good. a couple of herbs that have been started because, you know, I'm sorry. I got to start my flowers. It takes a long time. Yeah. Flowers take a long time. So. Uh, some, but not all, but many. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that I want are like start them 16 weeks out. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so yeah, I'll be doing that. Well, look, everybody. Thank you for listening to our battle royale over zones. It was fun. Um I love you, Batavia. I love you too, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) And um, please hit us up on our social medias, um, BackyardGardensTV.com, all that good stuff. Uh, Leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. It'll really help us out. Thank you so much. And until next time. See ya. Well, thanks for listening and hanging out with us today. If you want to continue the conversation or just see what we've been up to, feel free to follow us on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. And we'd love to see your gardens and what you've been up to. So tag your photos with hashtag BYG podcast and we'll share them and help you out with whatever kind of issues you have. We just we love seeing what you guys are doing. And if you want to see some videos that we were producing, uh, you can follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. And we'll be posting clips and podcasts and recipes and vlogs and greenhouse stuff and all that good stuff. Everything to keep your garden soul happy. So head on over to our social media pages and give us a like, a follow, and a subscribe. And until next time, learn to grow, grow for change. And we're going to call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. 